0: Welcome to the Freedom Fridays podcast with me your host, Pete Clark, The Whispers Guy. Work seems to expand to the time that we give it. And I've been investing my time, occasionally on a Friday, to explore how we use our time, our energy, our attention, and the impact it has on our identity. I've been exploring over season one, some of the mindset shifts in the handcuffs of I have to, to the freedom of I choose to, and I've shared some conversations, some tips, some tools about how you might want to invest your own time, your own energy, your own attention, how you might want to, if you choose to, make some changes to your identity, how you might have freedom from I have to and design a life around I choose to. If that's of interest to you, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to this week's edition of the Freedom Fridays podcast. Uh, this week, I'm chatting to uh, a colleague, but probably—and he might not know this—one of my somebody I perceive as somebody that that I feel closest to professionally, and as a consequence, personally. And I may never have said that to him before, so he might come on and be a little bit shocked. But we're going to talk about one of the big transformations he's been through, and I'm so. Uh, pleased and grateful and just quite inspired by the story and the outcome. So Mr. Steve Ellis, welcome to the podcast.
1: Here's Pete. Yeah, you've embarrassed me now. That was a bit embarrassing. <laughs> although I do I do I do say that uh, you are my mentor and you've always been my mentor, especially in this space, the place that we occupy around um, helping people to to be bigger, better versions of themselves so you were my first mentor in this space so there's a, a mutual backslap there but yes you have I've got I, I've
0: flushed up a little bit there. yeah well I think I'm flushing up too because well that may be your perception and that may be the <laughs> apparent of, but I'm merely on the next line not even yeah. the next page, and sometimes not even on the next line Let's get into it. Let's get into it, mate. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of a loving we're having there for a second. Um, Steve, as you know, we chatted offline. The main context for the Fear and podcast is to try and explore ways in which people have navigated certain life transitions, some big careers, some big life, some big health things. How have they done that? What's happened? What were the mistakes? What were the learns? And so really, it starts with this main question. And this kind of will pick up threads as we go. Um, what's the what's the big change or transformation that you've been through?
1: Yes, uh, I've taken a deep breath uh, as because to, it's, <laughs> it's tough sometimes to know where to start to answer that. Um, I'll start with I'll start with a lack of expectation that I even needed one. Let's start there. I've, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I've breezed uh, through life. Uh, it's it's been hard work, hard yards. But I, I've never really um, found myself in a situation in which the kind of things that I was doing uh, needed to change. Hmm. Yeah, I was working hard. I didn't want to stop changing that, and working hard was bearing fruit. I was doing exercise and 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 exercising a lot was bearing fruit. I was, I was socializing with friends and family, and that was bearing fruit. I you know I, I things were all right, things were good, and then um, just back it, in April, I was diagnosed as being pre-diabetic, uh, which isn't diabetes. It's pre-diabetic. It's uh, so I I was you're just, you're just thinking about it. A lot. Pardon?
0: You're just thinking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting ready for it. I was on your marks, get, get set, go, yeah. So, um, Luke, I, um, but it came as a real shock. So I, I was getting a bit tired. And uh, I'm one of those people that never goes to the doctors unless he's accumulated at least four or five different ailments. And uh, I'd probably accumulated four or five different ailments. And um, my wife said, get to the doctor's. I went to the doctors, had some blood tests. The blood test came back pretty much um, great, except one one indicator, which was the HbA1c indicator of blood sugar levels, Um, getting a bit technical there. And uh, and I was 45. Now, on that scale, when you are between 42 and 47, you're considered pre-diabetic. The moment you tip into 48, you are diabetic. And diabetes comes with you know a lot of a lot of issues uh, especially um at my age uh of slender age of <clears throat> 53 um and it, it did shock me i was i was i was taken aback actually i i sort of went oh are you you know, whether it was an identity thing or whether it was a fear thing or whether it was a mortality thing i'm not sure i'm not entirely sure what it was but i know i felt are uh, anxious and nervous and worried and worried enough to you know want to do something about that so uh so the last 3 months or so 4 months I've continued so back in I guess uh, may june july I've been on a on a regime to turn that around which is good uh pre-diabetic for anybody that's got pre-diabetes it is something that you can turn around it's something that you can transform and um and it's been it's been an interesting transformation, uh, not least because of what we do, you and I, helping others to transform uh, and, and to change and to adapt and, and to have bigger, better lives. Um, and I guess that's interesting because that's what we teach others. And here I am having to, you know, walk the talk. Uh, and that was quite that was quite interesting and, and rather self-damning at, at part. Um, uh, and also, you know, it's interesting to go through a change and it's interesting to experience what that has been feeling like uh, and also the the challenges of that transformation uh, and just noticing that those issues that you experience during transformation, well, they were true for me at least, but I, I suspect that the complexity that I experienced is true for others as well, right? So it's not as simple as, all right, change where you go three two one change do things differently and you'll get different results um it's not well from my experience was it wasn't
0: as simple as that um so yeah yeah Diabetes. Uh, uh, lo- lots of things to pick up on there i mean, i will you know acknowledge and comment and you know align with uh when you've been through any form of change forced or not that perhaps you didn't know you needed Um, certainly in the work I do, and I'm guessing it's the same with you, it gives you a better appreciation of what's required beyond the books, a better appreciation of what really is required beyond what the academics or the framework or the model will tell you. Um, And I have, hand and heart, fully guilty of in the past, a bit like, well, just do that, just follow these steps, just do this and you'll be different. And I I hope I'm landing this way, but I'm much more grateful and humbled. And I have to say a little bit frustrated sometimes when I hear others, clients included, going, well, we'll just do this. We'll just tell them and they'll be fine. And I'm going, oh, my God, you haven't got you. have, You've got no idea. Really what people individually and therefore multiply that by collectively go through to go from to. Yeah, totally. I I you touch on a point
1: that I think resonates with me which is the books right so vocabulary and you know Venn diagrams or or staircases or whatever whatever visual representation of whatever we're talking about in this case transformation just yeah. is not sufficient is yeah. nowhere near sufficient to 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 sort of represent the human experience of of change and therefore you, to to coach somebody to follow the steps to coach yeah. somebody to, to you know do this or do that is is somewhat um uh, I naive I, I guess and, and and I fall into the same trap of saying uh with clients we'll, we'll take you on an 18 month transformation journey and here are the steps for that yeah. and uh, and clients themselves go great. And then they execute the steps, right? And but the subtlety or uh, you know nuance of human response to that sort of rather clunky step that somebody's just communicated or talked them through is yeah. is just not it's just not um, well it's not empathic enough, right? So uh, so and that was interesting. That was interesting to almost recognize that sometimes I didn't have the vocabulary or I didn't even have the awareness or to to be able to express why I was failing in my transformation or it wasn't going as well or or I was anxious about it or I was frustrated by it or even delighted why am I so happy about the the progress I'm making sometimes you we haven't got the vocabulary or the model right that said of course in my recent blog I've tried to put it into some steps I've tried to say is what I observed That I went through, but uh, in saying in in writing that blog, I acknowledge that that's a that was me, and B that wasn't a full representation of my journey because I can't even begin to express it properly. Yeah, Uh, look, I I do
0: want to pick up on that because I think there's some really helpful things that you've written in your blog, and I'll I'll pick up on that later because I think people would find it helpful. But I'm with you in terms of any of my experiences, even the stuff you've got in your blog. It's kind of like a, a 2D version of a 3D experience, and if if one takes it literally you're probably not going to get the same results because we are by definition different we are entirely unique in some nuance in some form so look take it as a guide to pointing in the direction that i went here's the path i took but the path has to be unique the path has to be owned by you the team the you know that that's the the uniqueness about it i think
1: yeah 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 for sure I t- totally totally agree and and for anybody reading the book reading the blog reading whatever uh that's all it is it, it is a, a it's somebody else's representation not not yours it's somebody else's guide path not yours uh, uh and I, I guess the biggest invitation uh, i always offer is is just to notice your own path notice your own s- sense of progress or lack of progress and investigate and be curious about what it is that's making your progress progress or not progress and and um and and double down on empathy and understanding yourself and, and that might help um hmm. uh, and the blog is just my representation of what i noticed uh, and i suspect yeah, i missed cool. a lot as well well yeah
0: the, the, yeah <laughs> the classic you know fish don't see water you don't see you on golf swing how could you possibly No, all of that stuff. But we'll get to that because I think there's some really helpful things in there. I do want to, if you're willing to, pick up on almost the first comment you made. You you had a a lack of expectation that you even needed one. Right? Binary or was it whispering? Um, Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I... probably, uh, probably whispering uh, being
1: as I reflect now and that's a great question because you ponder and and I you make me think.. Um, yeah, Luke look, look, I was I I was fit. I was uh, I was doing a lot of running. I was going to the gym a lot. Uh, I was working well, things were going well. Um, you know, if I went back to my 20s, I go, you probably need to reduce your alcohol intake, Steve. But, you know, it's not it's not actually showing up in any particularly bad social outcomes uh, in my 30s with kids. You could probably do with some more sleep, Steve, but it wasn't really showing up in any any bad outcomes for me. Uh, you know, so so I, and that, I might be hugely in denial about that. There probably were bad outcomes. Yeah. Uh I, I was just either not accepting of them, noticing of them, or indeed bothered by them, motivated by them in any way. So, so this was uh I did have an incident uh in my late 40s, um or mid-mid 40s, in which I damaged my back. Uh, but that wasn't a gradual thing. That was a, a, a moment I damaged my back. And yes, that has meant I've adjusted uh some of my activities. But it's genuine up until here, I'm like going you know you know you're all right and so I wasn't I wasn't expecting and maybe maybe it's in this in the word transformation uh I think I'd back to your whispers question I think there was definitely some whispers saying you probably need to adjust Steve you probably need to adapt a little bit Steve you probably you know you could probably do with eating a little less sugar and Steve You do notice sometimes when you get back to the house after a long drive that the passenger seat has got lots of crisp wrappers and snack wrappers and everything. There's probably some clues out there, but in my mind, I was probably saying moderate adjustments. Right. The 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 diagnosis of of pre diabetes was. um,
0: That's not a
1: moderate adjustment. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that classic this packet of biscuits won't kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, so so the, the one packet of crisp at a time was
0: whispering to me. Uh,
1: yeah. This one'll be fine. It won't, it won't be this. It won't be this.
0: Smith's pickled onion crisp that'll kill me. <laughs> it
1: won't be this one. So yeah, uh, I was probably uh, listening to some of the whisper that said you probably shouldn't and, and probably should. Should there it is. Probably should and shouldn't do certain things, but there wasn't a. There wasn't a. Um, an expectation that it required a transformation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a shout yet, <laughs> to use my language. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I, uh, I, I wonder as well, Steve. Um, I've been pondering this a lot recently. Whilst you know you you might have been getting whispered to, which does beg the question: who's doing the whispering? Which will <laughs> maybe we'll get into that topic. All right? Let's take that offline, possibly. But I'm going to guess because if it's anything like. What I go through. There's there's part of it that whisper and say, Steve, you probably shouldn't be having that packet of biscuits. But there's another whisper that creeps in that goes, yeah, I'll be okay. Yeah, but you probably shouldn't. Yeah, but it'll be okay. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, you know, I'll sort it, you know. There's almost like a like a dual dialogue going on, a dual dialogue of whispering that convinces us in some way that not this one, not now. As you reflect on that, was that the other voice, the other internal voice? Like, you know, how many voices have we got? Yeah. Was there a couple of things going on internally that caused you not to hear it? So, so you 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 put place something over over to
1: one side earlier, and I think the yeah. two things are connected. Like, who was who doing the whispering? So, there's there's who's doing the whispering, and what are they whispering? Right, so. Um, Inevitably, I'm doing a lot of the whispering. You know, okay. the other version of me is saying, hey, you know, you could probably lose a little bit of weight. Hey, you, you, you're you a reasonably bright guy. My wife, by the way, is a endocrinologist. She's a consultant endocrinologist that works with children with diabetes. Right. So the language of diabetes is in our house. Right. So I've got some awareness about this topic. so there's a there's the other version of me that's sort of having a little chat and saying you should and you shouldn't and stuff like that for health reasons you should and you shouldn't but for other reasons the world is telling me I'm okay so nobody at work is telling me that hey you look like you put some weight on or hey you're probably because nobody's gonna nobody's giving me a blood test at work and saying I'm pre-diabetic uh nobody's saying those other things like hey you're unattractive my wife's not telling me i'm unattractive there are other things going on in my life whether it's sex life social life other relationships other things going on in my life that are saying you're all right Mm -hmm. so the 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 scale of the voice that's saying yeah all those other things you're pretty good at you, you know everything's going all right at this little niggle that you have in your brain that says logically you already know that you're eating some of the wrong stuffs. Well, it's not impacting on the critical variables or or the Kpis of life, right? Uh, the Kpis of life are like they're all they're all okay right um, I, and I, I've talked to some clients about that as in some of their some of their challenges or some of their suboptimal activities are not yet showing up. In the KPIs of the business. And you go, hmm, that's an interesting, because I, I here I here I am saying I've got lots of KPIs of my life. Not not that I've written them down, and um, but generally speaking, I, I feel comf- I feel okay in, in my environment, in my life, in, in what's going on. And um, and they were all going well. So uh so the whisper wasn't loud enough to shout louder and over and above all the other you know, metrics yeah. of life, okay. uh, yeah. the, the person doing the whispering, well, it, society whispers to us, you're acceptable You know, in the form of Instagram or in the form of social media or in the form of whether your friends invite you out to dinner or, or whether you know, you've got those material things. Society is telling you you're okay. I'm telling myself I'm okay. The immediate people around me are loving me. And so everything's everything's okay. And I am telling myself, "You're a naughty boy. You,
0: you know you should." With a be smile on your it. face, you're a naughty boy. <laughs> <You should be laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but we <laughs> well, all love a bit of spontaneity. That's... Come on, I'm going to be naughty. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, that's that was one of the things I put in my blog. Was was also um, the the the, the naughtiness, if you like, was all, all almost um, reduced in its. Uh, uh, it, feeling by this other thing called deservedness i've got th- this entitlement like this um i've worked hard therefore i deserve a treat or uh you're tired at the end of the day why are you tired steve well because you've worked hard and you've given out to the world and you've given you've given to your wife and you've given to your children and you've given to the world you've given to clients so hey have this treat what there's, about there's, what about me? What about yeah, What about me, me, me? And, um, and that, that sort of, um, I, I put in, I mentioned it, it, it's actually a moment and I didn't notice it uh, uh, until I investigated it, a moment of reduced self-esteem uh, in, huh. in a form, some kind of self-concept self-esteem thing. Um, it's a real bind here. You deserve the chocolate bar. You're not deserving of being healthy. Wow. You, Steve, you have not put your you've not put sufficient discipline into your life to deserve to be healthy. But you deserve the chocolate bar because you've given to others. So you're deserving and undeserving. And it's quite a re- it's, it was. A, uh, and but it, I mean, the outcome was the chocolate bar. You, you ate it. Right. So. So in one part, you deserved it. Everybody deserves it. Everybody deserves a good life. Everybody deserves a treat. Everybody, and it wasn't a treat. It became a regular thing, but you deserve it because of all of these other things saying you deserved it. But actually you didn't deserve to be healthy. You didn't deserve other things. Uh, And so actually I I would say that, and the greatest of those two things was was the lower self-esteem that was telling me to have it. And weirdly, of course, and you'll know this, the moment you consume it, You know, the self-esteem doesn't grow. (laughs) It definitely doesn't grow. Because that little voice tells you, there you go. I told you, you're not strong enough. You're not disciplined enough. You don't deserve to be healthy because you're not good enough. And you're like, whoa, that's that's big. Uh, So, so, yeah, on the one part, you're convincing yourself you deserve it. But the person
0: doing the convincing is undeserving. Yeah, that's a bit of a mind blown um the second thing you said which i thought was fascinating and i love your your perspective in hindsight and then we will get into some of your thoughts about what to do about it and when you said you were shocked you know it shocked me and i didn't know if it was an identity thing or a fear thing or a mortality thing and there might not be a binary answer to this on reflection do you get any sense of what it was about now uh i mean i guess given i expressed
1: it in those terms it, it was a combination of that i think i i've always seen myself as a performer i'm not an elite performer i'm a i'm a good performer top quartile performer in in areas of yeah. life so some i so definitely some even that sentence is an identity sentence so there's definitely some identity thing going on yeah. um I did start to notice uh, around the gym, uh, some relativity going on. Like, oh, he looks older than me and yet looks better <laughs> in better shape. Than me. <sighs> so maybe I was, uh, I was going into second quartile and third quartile. So there's definitely some identity thing. There probably is some mortality thing. There's, there's a number of things going on, um, with family at the moment that is put, uh, with parents and, and yep. so on that I put mortality into my mind and I'm wanting to have a um a lifespan and a health span right so two terms both wanting to have the longevity of life but wanting to make sure that that life is a is a is a healthy one and yep. we're, we certainly witness at the moment uh in our family of somebody's lifespan not necessarily being a health span and I don't want to, be unhealthily alive kind of thing so i think that was probably uh a, a certainly contributing factor to that moment of oh that was a lot more painful than i yeah i wasn't ready for that yeah the, the
0: um a way i've enjoyed hearing that being said is uh the goal is to die young as late as possible yeah <laughs> which i think is a lovely way of combining lifespan and health span. yeah yeah, that's as nice opposed story. to you know dying early as ill as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to do that. Um, so, Steve, um, why don't we jump into some of the reflections you had on your blog? Because obviously this is in hindsight. And as we talked about at the front, people shouldn't follow these literally. Um, no. But it might just provide some signposts, some guideposts on the way as they go through their own personal journey, personally, professionally, relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Would you be happy to do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I the, um, the hindsight ones, uh, not quite, it was, everything's in moderate hindsight, isn't it? But, but um, I was, um, I, I decided to see it as a study thing too. So it was like, so I was noticing almost, uh, with each action, whether it was working or not working. Um, so, uh, and whether it was helpful or unhelpful for me during during my three months. So I wrote the blog afterwards, which looks like in hindsight, but actually I was sort of writing it as I was going along. Um, so the, the headlines were uh, noticing whether the three typical things that happen in transformation were ever going to be strong enough and they weren't. So... The first typical thing is the one that we spend a bit of time talking about, which is the sort of burning platform, the sort of fear thing, the sort of yeah. you know, it, businesses, we do this with clients all the time. What's what's the what's the reason or the burning platform for the transformation? And they'll say yeah. something like, Well, it's a strategy change, it's a market position, or you know, our, our product has become commoditized. So we need to become something else, whatever it is. And if we don't, we're gonna die. We're gonna. We're, we're going to reduce our margins and everything's going to be bad. Right. So there's the burning platform. And, and I had one a pretty powerful one because, you know, get any worse. And, and and the consequences are bad. Second one was like a goal. So I set myself the goal of losing 10 kilos and going from um, 89, nearly 90 kilos to 80 kilos. So that was a goal. And the strategy was eat, eat less, eat less rubbish, eat, eat, eat less rubbish. Uh, there was a few extended strategies like uh, do a little bit of fasting, but basically eliminate all, all the bad stuff, right? And and th- and that typically is what clients do. You go right, there's the burning platform, so we're going to do this, and here's how we're going to do it, right? Yeah. Uh, I think they my what really helped. What really helped me uh, was telling lots of people, telling right. loads of people, just I right. need. I, I, there was a moment when I, I, I was telling so many people that i felt like i was boasting about pre diabetes i've got pre diabetes and uh, it was really weird uh, it was but, but, it, but but telling people was
0: super helpful uh so did you tell them burning platform goal strategy or all of the above uh i told them
1: uh pre uh, mainly strategy so i said uh, i've got pre diabetes um I recognise it's pretty dangerous, so you you will witness me foregoing. You will witness me foregoing crisps or snacks or chocolate or stuff. Uh, please help me on that. That was pretty much. So there was a sort of communicate and a request, and um, right. and it okay. and, that, and that was that was really helpful uh, uh, because it was um, it, it was those social moments in which. You know, there's a party and and people are going. Do you want another beer? Do you want another beer? Do you want another beer? Or there's a party. Do you want Do you want some crisps? Do you want some Do you want some dip with those snacks or those crisps? Do you want Do you Do you want these things? The typical things that you put out. Now, they didn't not put those things out. They just didn't put them out directly in front of me, or they <laughs> didn't then tease me for not having another beer. You know, have another one. Go on, have another one in fact you know weirdly have another one you deserve it yeah you they almost reaffirm my deserving narrative that i shared with you earlier so by telling lots of people they become more sympathetic and empathetic to your situation to the point that they don't they they begin to help you my friends helped me my wife helped me more um you know in those social situations People understood me better. They understood why I was not behaving possibly like I had previously right? yeah. um, at any of at any of those parties. So that that was really important. Uh, just tell people.
0: Um, and, and Steve, can I ask? because we're, we're, the reason I'm asking the question is well, when we make these changes, apart from maybe the stark one for you, sometimes, um, and I've been victim and party to this like I think many people have we make the changes based on someone we want to be but the person we are someone else has a connection to that and so me changing means they lose out broadly I'm wondering of the many people that you told did you have any naysayers going what are you doing you idiot get back to what you're doing before because actually without even saying I have an attachment to the person you were yeah. You, you, Yeah. I'm very acutely aware
1: of the sort of David Rock scarf model and that there it is. Right. There's the relatedness. Uh, how does my behavior and sh- and this change, how does it relate to them and how does it relate back back to me? Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's a loss of something for somebody. Yeah. Right. Even if it's a loss of familiarity with who this person is or yeah. predictability about this person. Oh, you're, I used being, to be- you're,
0: being, you're being healthy as if that was a bad thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, they did, less so that, because uh, I, I think that's reasonably easy for people, some of my friends at least. The people around me were able to go, that's what I, okay.
0: What I find interesting, without the, I'm pre-diabetic, I'm trying to lose 10 kilos. Without those two things, had you just said, no dip for me, please. Yeah, yeah. No more beer for me, please. I wonder... What the yeah. response would have been?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get you. Cause they, that, that's uh, unpredictable. That and and so that you've changed. There's and something if wrong you've with you. Changed, We've changed, and if you've changed and we've changed. I can't trust you anymore. I can't trust my dialogue with you. I can't trust my exchange with you because you've changed, which means which our relationship has changed. Oh, this is freaking me out. I'm freaking you. Out. I'm the one with pre-diabetes. Yeah. You know, so you're absolutely right. So being able to tell people what it was to help them understand my yeah. change, you make them almost weirdly feel a bit more comfortable with observing me change yeah. um which, which, so it's absolutely right um and the, the other thing about communicating it is and i knew this from 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 the books right i knew this yeah. was it, it, it you know, increases my sense of accountability yeah, of as course. soon as I've ex- as soon as i've externalized something uh people are anticipating a, a, an adjustment and therefore i'm I'm going to live up to that it becomes a sort of expert expectation out there yeah the second thing that and again i I probably knew this i just i did know this not probably i did know this but i'd never really done it uh because previously the the big ambitious goal was always good enough for me so running marathons i want to run it at such and such a time really i could do that and um and my wife uh would, would always comment no, I never trained very well for whenever I did marathons. I like, just ran. Yeah, I just ran. You know, started training four weeks before the marathon and 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 did one. I just did one and like and because I never really, I was never really disciplined enough to break it down into a proper training regime. Whereas she always did. She had like a twelve week training plan and it was broken down day by day and it was broken down by different training types, but different training runs from fartlet running to medium distance running to slow long distance she could do all of that and I I just went running so I thought I'd just stop eating you know eat better right I thought that I thought that goal and strategy was was concrete enough it clearly wasn't So I really on this transformation really did need to break it down into sort of micro habits. And fortunately, it was on the uh, uh, shortly after reading the Atomic Habits book. And so that was really helpful, really breaking it down into micro moments of decision making. That that moment, whether it's 10 p.m. at night or 11 p.m. at night and everybody's gone to bed, there's a moment. Uh, it's that moment uh, after doing exercise. It's that moment uh, when I, I I mention it in the uh, I mention it in the uh, blog. I travel a lot and I use a local train station. And as I go up onto the platform in the train station, literally that side is W H Smiths and that side is Starbucks, and it's they're perfectly positioned to entice you into eat stuff. Uh, So I I purposely walk and go to the end of the platform and and remove myself from that. So I broke down both uh, the environment. I talk about that later in the blog, but the environment and the moments of choice into micro micro habits, Um, even, you know, that moment you, you put the kettle on. Steve, what do you normally do when you put the kettle on? Well, the kettle's right next to the cupboard, which is right next to the fridge. What's the, what's that micro habit and what are you going to do and say to yourself in that moment that means you no longer do what you previously would have done, which is reach in and slice a bit of cheese and have a, have a lump of cheese or reach in yeah. and grab a, grab a snack or something. So, So breaking it
0: down into micro habits absolutely was pivotal to this particular I, transformation. Again, if I can offer an observation, Steve, I think your distinction of micro moments of decision making is even better than micro habits. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because I think yeah. the, the habit is the opening the fridge, cutting a cheese, and the decision point, you know, the micro moment is the putting the kettle on. Oh, what do I do next? Yeah. They, yeah. That's, that feels for me like the precursor to the, what's the habit I need to build? Yeah. So, yeah. the habit I yeah. used to have was Starbucks, Smiths. Oh, hang on. In that moment, as I walk up the stairs and I can see the logos, oh, my habit is triggered. What if I just focus on the end of the platform? You know, but, but I think those micro moments of, I'll certainly be nicking that if that's okay. Um, micro micro moments of habit of decision making, and I think that's really powerful well we need
1: you know the decision precedes the behavior i guess i is to, to what extent you're in control of that so the decision go to the end of the platform well that then becomes a habit as long as long uh, as yeah. i'm actually helping that by picking up a newspaper and going to the end of the hab, uh, end of the platform sitting down and occupying my mind with something so that's the new habit re- reading stuff yeah. uh so yeah the decision making um it's interesting that decision making thing because that that there was something else that I, I noticed. I've been listening to quite a few podcasts around this topic for for the last sort of twelve months, and again, it's never really applied to Steve. He he's already got a healthy ego; he doesn't need any more doesn't need any more healthy ego stuff. But the, this um, this point I made earlier about the sort of deserving but having low self esteem and not de- de- deserving, uh, I, I, I investigated that a little bit more. Around what was that self-esteem issue, and 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 in what way could you like yourself more or love yourself more? So, one of the um, I think powerful things that helped me in the transition was connecting to purpose, connecting to identity. You know, giving giving yourself a a, a a reason beyond not being diabetic, right? What, what's the other reason? So it did go back to. I want to be healthy. I do want to have a health span, not just a lifespan. So there was definitely that identity thing, but there was something else in the moments of decision making—the sort of T junction of a decision: go right to the end of the platform, go left into Starbucks or whatever, or whatever, wherever that moment of decision making was. And I, and I, I, I practiced something. I don't know whether this is useful for anybody listening. I practiced something that I called it self love, um, but it was actually probably self-future love, loving your future self and and being attracted to the future self. And it wasn't a physical attraction. It was a pride attraction. So the question that I asked quite regularly at the point of decision making, that T-junction, was, will your future self love yourself? And that future self could be in two seconds time. In two seconds time, will you be proud of who you are, right? Or in two minutes time, or in two hours time? Would you, will you, will you like yourself? And, and do you like yourself enough now to like yourself in two seconds time? That was quite, it was like, oh, it was a bit of a mental uh, challenge. Do you like yourself now? Do you like yourself now enough to like yourself in two seconds time? So as I got to the top of the stairs, do you like yourself enough now to like yourself when you get to the end of the platform, it's so funny as well, because you sort of go, Yes, I do like myself enough. I do love myself. And you get to the end of the platform and you sit there going, Yes, God, I'm good. <laughs> you did. I did. I liked myself at the end of the platform. Uh, so it's, it, I, and I, I don't know I, whether it's a little gimmick or a little trick or whatever. I don't know whether it's genuinely the definition of self love. It probably isn't. Uh, but a couple of little coaching questions around liking myself now enough to like myself in two minutes time because of the decision I was making now not just on the platform but in front of the fridge or in front of the cupboard uh, I, I really I really enjoyed actually I actually enjoyed the the I, it made me smile as, as soon as I caught myself asking the question it actually made me smile and maybe it was the smile and the endorphin that really highly enjoyed I I have no idea but I thought I'd share that with people because, um, well, it was I, I found it amusing as much as anything else uh, well, and helpful
0: for me, Steve, Tell uh, you know how we know you know we're told, and it seems to bear fruit that if you own your morning, you own the day, and the way we yeah. own our morning is the night before. All right? It sounds like as you've thought about those micro moments of decision making, as you using the example walk up the train station sit, steps with Smiths and Starbucks on either side ahead of time, you've imagined yourself asking yourself that question. So you've kind of owned that moment by owning the moment before. You've owned that moment in the morning by thinking about it the night before and go, when I get to the top of those steps, I'm going to look left, look right, see the logos and go, Steve, would you love yourself more? Now, you know, whatever the question was. So you're going to have a little bit of what's the question? What's the prompt? What's the statement? And are you willing to practice or even consider it ahead of time? ahead of the yeah. more that it happens to you. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's interesting, because uh, then there's a, tr- a new trigger starts to get established, right? So triggers are fascinating. So the trigger is the logo, is the saliva, is the whatever it is. Um, but the more I've enjoyed the smile at looking down the platform, at the end of the platform, there's a new trigger that never used to be there anymore, right? And the new trigger at the end of the platform is like this picture of Steve who's smiling, uh, glibly at himself reading the newspaper thinking oh you're so clever <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and it's quite an enjoyable little trigger as I look right I can see him at the end of the at the end of the uh, at the end of the platform so I
0: think I think I thought that was useful to share I think a couple of other things uh yeah, before you uh, do can I can I go off on a tangent for a second uh, and something that I think for me and I think you'd think this is important too um which you've just touched upon. Um, and and I'm I'm conscious of our, you know, immersed experience in what we do for a living, right? We we help individuals and organizations transform. So guess what? We've got to be able to read about it, do about it, facilitate it, all the kind of thing, you know, we're, we're kind of immersed in that world. Um, and where I'm going tangentially is this. Um, how does someone I again? Mean, there's not an answer, but it's more just a discussion point, given that there is a high rate of middle-aged or male depression, albeit even further than that. How do we open up the possibility to have a conversation about self-love when even those two words on their own could trigger someone to shut up? But together, it's like 10 times the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. For people that have had no immersion in any of the stuff that we might be aware of, and that not not to say that we're any better, but maybe even worse because we know. But how? Any thoughts on how we use somebody we can open up that conversation? Because it sounds like that is a critical variable in what's happening around the world. Oh yeah,
1: crikey! That that that's a debate and a half. Um <laughs> I just thought
0: I'd it, open that one
1: up. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I I, I um you know one 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 uh, yeah to 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 use your own um uh brand really, one one whisper at a time. Um yeah. I think you, you mentioned the almost the <gasps> trigger of those two words put them together and, the tri- uh, and that might weirdly uh create the opposite reaction so rather than engaging in a dialogue about self-love you end up you end up um uh coming up with a yes but dialogue yeah but yeah but and no i'm can't and no ooh, and all the, that resistance um i think i think one whisper at a time i think if we can um From an early age or as early as possible, introduce people to uh, a a wider vocabulary of emotions, words that express feelings, emotions and sentences and states. Uh, I'm a big believer that your ability to recognize yourself and then to be able to express self is in part something to do with vocabulary. You know, I mentioned at the top of the call, I'm not even sure I've got the vocabulary to express what I went through. And hence, we use models and frameworks and things. But I think uh, around self-love or self-awareness and feeling, I think. So one whisper at a time, improve, improve the vocabulary one person at a time. uh, I think there's if we put it into a work context, I think the better that uh, leaders and indeed People in positions of trust, so I might include human resources or people officers. If they can be um, a go-to place for um, well-being, a go-to place, uh, a safe place. But if if um, if managers and leaders can be better at creating you know, psychological safety or having these conversations, uh, then I think that shifts it one whisper, one person, or as the as they I think the story goes, one starfish at a time, kind of thing. Uh, I can help this person, I can help this person. Uh, you know, beyond that, you're you're looking at large, large institutions making statements of intent. And I, I'm not sure that that actually, I, I'm not sure. Whether people would respond to those large institutions, governments, and things making making statements of intent or healthcare systems, uh, yeah, I think there's possibly something that could be done uh, at a macro level around healthcare systems. Um, but uh, you know, middle age might be where it um, often, not always, but often surfaces. But the cause wasn't middle age. It yep. started it started, I think it started right. in the in the right. dialogues that we were having when we were six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that's not to say, oh, you know, I had I suffered trauma back then, but just the narrative and the in, in, interchange that parents have and society has with everybody. That, that
0: that's that's what's that's what puts the shield up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad I planted the seed for our second podcast then. Please, mate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to your blog. What, what have yeah, we done yeah, so far? What was the yeah,
1: yeah, the last couple of things that uh, occurred to me were uh, during the experience was... And we sort of talked touched on it when we talk about those moments of decision making and the questions that you ask yourself. It's just paying a lot more attention to my to, to the chatter, the, the the voice that keeps going, you deserve, you don't deserve, you deserve, you do, you don't deserve. Okay. And trying to interrupt that and with choices and better choices and better questions and therefore better better actions. Um and then the last couple was I touched on it at the top to do with people. Um the most significant person in my life is my wife, Debbie. And not just telling Debbie what my goal was and what my situation was, but asking for a little bit more help from certain people around me. Uh, And in this case, uh, Debbie, particularly around, um, it was a big ask, actually, it was a big ask. So uh, in the last uh, 12 years, 13 years of our, our relationship, uh, she would always scream at me when she'd go to the cupboard and go, the crisps have gone, they're for the weekend, they're a treat for the weekend. The <laughs> chocolate's gone, they're a treat for the weekend. I go, well, you keep putting them in the fridge, you keep putting them in the cupboard, stop putting them in the cupboard. Yes, I put them in there for the weekend, Steve, kind of kind of conversation. So, on the request of uh, the people directly around me, I actually came uh, at a loss for her. Can you... At least for the next period, whatever that is, actually not buy those things at all, mm. at all, for yep. you or anybody else. You know, if you want them for a treat, could you possibly consume? If you get, if you're going to consume them, just out of sight, kind of thing. Try. I, I wanted to put them beyond beyond temptation, kind of thing. Um, and kindly, she did. Uh, so I, I think we still. I. You know, until possibly a new pattern of behavior which says that when I see them in the cupboard, the trigger doesn't stimulate me to have them on a Monday, Tuesday. I shared in the blog uh, on, on a couple of occasions, well, not a couple, many occasions, I would consume the chocolate bar, feel so guilty, and then drive to the nearby service station or shop, buy a replacement one and put it back in the fridge before Debbie noticed, right? I'd start replenishing mm-hmm. things but I mean it's awful yeah. uh as I think about it now so there was a request to, for, for Debbie to remove all of those things and uh, until I got to a point where when they were in there they weren't triggering me to consume them uh, and we're at that point which is great yeah. and and the final one was um and I knew this again was uh, as you're going on a, a, a in my case a sort of 12-week transformation the. Um, the pace of behavior change and the pace of result do not always coincide. So I had a relatively fast pace of behavior change, eliminate chocolate, crisps, snacks, cereals, uh, reduce, massively reduce bread, reduce all of these things. Uh, I had a quite quick result. I lost two or three kilos relatively quickly. And then the behavior stayed exactly the same, probably got even more disciplined but the results just plateaued and for like 3 weeks and it was really tempting i i, I remember recording it in my journal that the chatter was this doesn't work this isn't working anymore uh, and then you get sort of self deprecating it, it doesn't work for you you can't do this all of the stuff that's about to say oh let's give this up and, and go back it's too much like too much like hard work so my last comment would be with regards to measurement yeah measure it it drives your accountability but don't be beholden to the measurement all the, all the time uh, be be pretty patient uh, and just keep things in perspective a little bit and um, don't, bent, don't don't get bent out of shape don't blow it all out of proportion uh, those 3 weeks in the middle they were they were the toughest um yeah, let's see in the middle they, sh- they weren't though Pete. my the first three, the second three weeks, my behavior was no different to the first three weeks, right, exactly the same, but the results weren't the same, so notice how externally referenced I'd become, I'd go, oh, I can only feel good if the thing outside of me, called the scales, right, if they're moving, if they're changing, I'll feel good, right, and, boom, I've been teaching this stuff for 25 years, you'd think I'd know better by now, <laughs> is 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 to keep things in perspective. Stay true to the behaviour, stay true to yeah. the discipline of all of that uh, and be, and just be patient with the KPIs or be patient with the results coming out of the other end.
0: It reminds me of that uh, phrase, the person that loves walking will always walk further than the person that's walking to get somewhere.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. I've been using that quite a lot lately. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy. Oh, it's full of cliches, isn't it? You know, enjoy the yeah, journey versus so the destination. Too. And Maybe. who you become, who you become as a result of the goal is more important than the goal itself. Yeah. And, and roll, I totally uh, get that. Right. And, but I totally get it. And I, I, I've got this new sense of um of can, of can do. Okay. Can can do um uh, can do when you find it really hard. I've always had a can do when when it's easy. And I've found many things relatively easy. I've now got a reference called, you can do it when your experience of doing it is hard. And I've quite liked that result in who I am.
0: Steve, I suspected this would go really quickly and we've literally scratched the surface. Um, So one, I'm very grateful. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. So I'm very grateful for you sharing. Um, we will post your blog excerpts and stuff like that on the the podcast notes, so people can reference that. Um, thank you for being willing to, uh, you know, open your head and heart to, you know, whoever's listening. And if it's, if it's just my mum, that's okay. That's okay for me
1: too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I just uh, I I will really thank you for being on the podcast, and it seems like this is. This is quite an easy conversation to have about many things. And I I can't believe quite where the time's gone. So I'm just really grateful for that. So thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.